You're listening to Kiama Community Radio. Since our first program about WIRES aired late in 2021, WIRES has won the Kiama Council Community Group of the Year Award. In this episode, Glenn Shepherd talks more to Kay Delaney about WIRES and what they do and how you can help our local native wildlife. KiamaCommunityRadio.org Recently, the WISE organisation was presented with the Kiama Council's Community Group of the Year Award. WISE is a wildlife injury and rescue service with volunteers across our region dedicated to the well-being of our wildlife. I'm joined today by Kay Delaney, a WISE volunteer, to discuss the Community Award and the great work that she and the WISE organisation does across our region. So welcome, Kay. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the Community Award. Congratulations. What does that mean for your local team? Oh, we're very thrilled that our organisation has been recognised for all the work that they do in rescuing and rehabilitating and releasing native animals, but also educating the public about our wonderful native wildlife as well. We're all volunteers. We work very hard, but every little bit of volunteering helps so some people can spend a lot of hours and other people mightn't be able to spend much time but it's all very valued. Okay so the WIRES organisation is set up to assist wildlife uh, when the wildlife is in need and to educate the public. It must uh, take a special sort of person to be able to deal with injured animals. It does. It can be absolutely heartbreaking when you see the, the injuries that these animals can sustain and how stoic they are. So it really is wonderful when we can rescue them and nurse them back to health and release them again. And I guess my background is as a nurse midwife, so I guess I've had that kind of nature in my my whole working life as well, in that I do like caring for things. Volunteering uh, must be very rewarding. How did you get into caring for wildlife? I've always had a great interest in wildlife. As my family got a bit older, I had a friend who was joining the local branch of WIRES and I decided that I would join as well. And that was probably now about 18 years ago. So I would be one of the longest serving ones, but we have people in our branch that have been over 20 years. They've gained a lot of knowledge and have done a lot of great work. But it is a passion. As I said, we volunteer, we you know, do our own fundraising. So it keeps us busy. So what's given you the most satisfaction as a wise volunteer? I think just the fact that I'm able to relieve suffering in these animals. Of course, with the help of our wonderful vets, as well as the animal side of it, I've made some wonderful friends. So we all have a common interest. When you do have those very sad cases, it's really good to to go and have have a chat and debrief a little bit. So we work as a group, we don't work in isolation so much. What types of animals do you assist the most? Within the branch it would be birds because of the total number of animals that come into care there would be about 70%. So other ones that we have come into care in this area would be wombats, kangaroos, wallabies, flying foxes, microbats, snakes, lizards, turtles, bandicoots. Oh, possums. How could I forget yeah, possums? possums yeah. How could I forget possums? The whole range of, of possums as well. They're 
particularly in the northern suburbs. So that's a very, very busy area. And what should I do if I, if I find an injured bird or an animal? Okay, so first of all, just observe it because it might just be a bird might be on the ground sunning itself or something like that. Otherwise, if it's obviously looking unwell, not, not moving away, keep make sure you keep yourself safe at first. Then if you can, put a towel over the animal or a box or a washing basket that hasn't got holes in it, so a box is probably better, and keep it warm, dark and quiet. Don't feed it or give it water and call wires. And preventing injury to wildlife, what are the sort of things that that people can do to actually prevent injury? Okay, so there's lots of things we can do. I mean, obviously habitat loss is one of the, the big things, but things like slow down with your driving at dusk and dawn and that's when your wombats and and, uh, macropods, kangaroos and even the birds are more active during that time. So slow down. If you do happen to see a possum or a kangaroo, wallaby, wombat on the side of the road, absolutely make sure it's safe to stop and then if you can, check the pouch. So it's always good to have some disposable gloves in your car and maybe a pillowcase and then you can see if there's actually a little baby animal, if the, the mother's dead, then very often we can save that, that little joey. Is that when I see, unfortunately, a dead animal on the side of the road, I've actually seen some paint or something sprayed on it? Yeah. Does that mean that animal's been checked? It's or been checked, that's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Or some people might tie a bit of tape on a leg or something like that. Okay. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure what that was all about, yeah. but now I've, I've certainly learned something today. So, And you touched on habitat, so I hear comments of you know loss of habitat for animals as we humans keep encroaching on, their, on, on land, I guess their land, the, or the land that's used by native animals. What types of things can we do to support uh, native animals? I mean, I've, we, we've spoken before about the kookaburra that yes, I had in yes. the backyard, and I've actually installed a kookaburra box. Yeah. I don't know where Cook has got to, but he, he oh, hasn't no. used the box since, but maybe he'll come, come back. back. <laughs> but, but what sort of things can, can we do to, to support native life? Yeah, um, well, talking about bird boxes, we also have possum boxes. So if someone had a possum in the roof or in the shed or something like that, and it's not the best place for it, we can encourage the people to put a possum box in a nearby tree. Can't move it more than 50 metres, because otherwise they would be killed by other possums. That's one way. You could still have the benefit of having nature there, but it's keeping the household happy. <laughs> so when you talk about that, are possums that territorial, are they? They are, yeah, particularly the brush tails. Okay, yeah. I've, I've heard, I've heard mm. noises, not in this area. I haven't yeah. encountered a possum in this yeah. area, but no, we certainly uh, some places I've no. been, I've heard these growling sounds. And yeah. I thought, Whoa, what yeah. is that? That's right. Okay. Um, Again, I'm learning something here today. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so we can help people out with those. We, we don't take possums out of the roof, but, you know, if you bring the, the wires number, we can, one of our members can have a chat and give you all sorts of ideas on, on how to manage that. Planting shrubbery so that we've got some understory plants for little finches to hide in because we do have a prevalence of the, the bigger magpies and currawongs and butcher birds that prey on all these little birds. So if they've got somewhere to hide, that's really helping them out as well. Native plants, so native blossom and 
native trees where you can. Someone else told me also, Kay, that dead trees, don't cut the dead oh, tree down. absolutely, yeah, because it takes, I believe, somewhere around 30 or more years for a tree to actually develop hollows. And so you've got all your, your parrots will go into a, a hollow, your possums will go into hollows, there's lots of different animals and gliders all going to hollows and because we don't have these old trees anymore the the animals are getting into a bit of trouble because they're they're gouging out like the tops of palm trees like in in your case with the kookaburra so we have it's okay while while the chicks are young but as soon as they fledge they can't land anywhere and they come to ground and get into all sorts of mischief yeah so that was amazing exercise that i watched it was over a couple of years those kookaburras yeah. took to dig, a, dig yeah. a, a hole into the side of the palm tree that's in in my backyard. It was yep. uh, it was amazing mm. to see. So yeah, but it must be tough. You know, I, I don't know that I'd want to keep a dead tree in my yard, but, oh, but certainly. Well, I'd... That, you've got to consider safety, haven't yeah. you? Well, I that's... mean, if it's um, I guess we're looking more at big land developments where we can keep something in the parks and allow these trees to mature and become older trees instead of you know cutting everything down and not having just having shade cloth in parks and no trees yeah yeah that's <laughs> right too kiama community radio for the community by the community you're listening to glenn shepherd talking to kay delaney from wires over the last few years you know we've had drought terrible drought we've had bushfires that ravaged. Now we've had floods to deal with. I suspect there's been an increase in injured animals. So has wires seen an increase? And we um, don't sort of consider those when we yeah, think about... Well, just as an example, in um, January this year, head office wires, and most of the calls go through head office now, but there are some of those... We have 28 branches in New South Wales, and we're New South Wales based. They fielded 5,000 rescue calls or information calls in January this year and 4,000 in February, which really? is amazing. It is a, a, you know, that an amazing that number. Many calls. Yeah. I guess part of it is that WISE has become more well-known. There are other native animal care institutions as well or groups and they do a lot of fantastic work as well. As well as WISE. Yeah. I guess a lot of things with, you know, these intense bushfires and floods, I mean, the animals just don't have a chance and, you know, not many come into care because of it. But we do notice the reduction in numbers. Yeah. So there's a full the good ad on the television about, mm. um, about a koala and the, and the yeah. little guy goes off and I think it's a little boy and a little girl mm. go and save the koala. Yep. And then they take it back into the bush. But that, that, that's the reality, is it? Mm. That, um, we do when we can. But, of course, those places are getting fewer and fewer opportunity to, to release in them because we've got to build wildlife corridors from place to place for these animals to actually go from one area to another. So um, yeah, with, with massive development, if the developers don't, or the council or whoever, don't put in corridors then the animals are subject to inbreeding and all those other things and lack of food because they haven't got enough area. So I heard that's what was happening up yeah. at Wilton and I, yeah. I had heard that there was... Well, I couldn't... When I was driving along, I thought, 
what is that fence there for? And then I was told, no, it's a corridor. And I'd, mm. I'd not heard of that before. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. um, there's, so there's not as many as there should be. We need a lot more of them. But corridors are being developed? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so just uh, reiterating again on, you know, the things I can do um, mm -hmm. to attract wildlife to my area. Mm -hmm. what, could you just explain oh, that again? Yeah, so um, planting native vegetation and hidey holes for them. So if you have a nice bushy garden, but you've got lots of magpies or currawongs that go for your little skinks and lizards, you can put little terracotta um, pots or pipes in your garden so it gives the animals somewhere to hide and they, everybody lives very happily. I mean, the birds have to eat, but we can help them a little bit and make it a bit harder for them to get their food. Okay. Yeah. Keep snakes away from your property. Make sure you keep your grass down low, don't have a lot of stacked up rubbish in the, in the yard, that sort of things. Again, okay. you take away the hiding places for your snake. So another one, Kay, should I feed wildlife? I was, I was actually hand feeding some birds once mm -hmm. and I was told, no, 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 you shouldn't do that, you shouldn't do that. I really felt sorry for them. And uh, here's poor yeah. mum and dad bird trying yeah. to feed the young and I thought, oh, yeah. help me out here, yeah. uh, but should I do that? No, no. <laughs> it is the, the broad answer. And the, the main reason is that although we all love to have the birds or other animals in our yard, and we like to have that, that access and really admire them, we can do a lot of damage, particularly by feeding them the wrong thing. So a lot of people think feeding ducks bread is good. I mean, I used to do that when my kids were little. I know a lot better now that I shouldn't be doing it. Uh, some people feed lorikeets bread with sugar on it. Shouldn't be doing that. It's all very bad for them. Sunflower seeds. A lot of people throw out sunflower seeds, particularly for the parrots. Sunflower seeds are like lollies for children. Okay. And the occasional ones, yeah, that's okay. But the birds absolutely love them and they develop lots and lots of fat around their organs. So when they do get to a point where you know, it's a drought and there's not much natural food around or all the neighbours go on holidays, that fat breaks down and it's toxic and they die. Well, that's interesting because I, mm. if I go to a supermarket, I can yeah. actually buy can. seed bills and things and I yeah. often thought, well, gee, that'd be a nice thing to do. So yep. you say, don't really do that. Shouldn't really. Okay. No. Um, and the thing is, in suburbia, you don't know how many people in that bird's territory that are actually feeding the birds. Oh, so you know, I think it's me. So, but so it... you think that the, the birds are only coming to you every day and the neighbour or three or four houses down think they're the only people feed. you know, they're my birds, yeah. they're my birds. Yeah. But in fact, these birds are probably going around like four or five supermarkets. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know we see this a lot in the, the magpies because they love people and they, they're very good at finding a free feed. But we've been getting a lot of baby magpies that have got what we call metabolic bone disease. So the parents are feeding them lots of bread and stuff that's no good for them. And so the chicks don't develop. They have horrible feathers and their bones don't develop. It's really bad. And the other thing is that the, the parents aren't teaching their offspring in general how to fossick for food. Okay, so I think I'm doing a great thing for nature, but in fact mm. I'm not. Yeah, and the other thing is that particularly in suburbia, we create an abnormally large population so that when there is a dip in natural food, 
again, you're going to lose that population or they're going to decrease or they do a lot of damage. Okay. My brother-in-law was having a lovely time feeding this cockatoo and the cockatoo brought a friend and then they brought a few more friends and I did my whole spiel on don't feed them because it's an abnormally high population and if you go away on holidays, they'll eat your house. Well, he didn't believe me until he did go away and $800 worth of cedar windows to be repaired when he came home, he then believed me. Right, okay. <laughs> so so yeah. don't feed, don't don't feed the feed wildlife. Them. Don't feed okay. the wildlife. <laughs> don't feed the wildlife. Look, in all honesty, when it is the drought or there's a whole lot of rain or something, I will put out a little bit of fruit or something for the lorikeets because I feel sorry for them too. But I certainly don't do it on a... Um, Daily basis or something. On a daily basis. Okay. And uh, if I were to join WISE, uh, I've learned a lot here today just having a chat with you. What training would I get to deal with uh, the injured animals? Okay. So it's an introductory course. You would get in touch with WISE either on the phone or online. Just W-I-R-E-S, which is Wildlife Information Rescue and Education Service. And that will give you all the details. So it's a case of, for a small fee, you do an online course or you can do it book form if you haven't got a computer. It's very very non-threatening. You get all the information and then answer the sort of multiple choice questions. So it's not daunting at all. And then within your, your branch, you have a practical day where you get to, you know, more practical information on catching and setting up rescue baskets and all that sort of stuff. Okay, because I was going to ask about the practicalities because mm. I can't. I, I'm not a big fan of animals, mm. but I can't stand to see anything be injured. Absolutely. But I sort of stop when I've got to touch it. Yeah. If you get what I mean. And I'll... I think that's very natural, and particularly, um, say with birds, because they they flap or they squawk or whatever. They peck. And they bite or they can, you know, grab. So, you know, it's okay to be a little bit wary. Same with possums and things. That's why we suggest that, oh, well, for members of the public to just put a towel or a box over them. But as a a rescuer, we're going to show you the safest way to do all of those things. Okay, so if if I want to, just to to summarise, if I want to join WISE, I can get online on uh, WIRES, WISE uh, website. Yep. And I can go down a path there of, um, of becoming a volunteer. Yep. And you need to be 18 years of age. Oh, well, I, I qualify for that. I think you qualify, <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's no upper limit. No. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks very much, Kay. I've really enjoyed it. And I, That's I've, all right. I, I, uh, I've learned a few things here today, certainly about feeding animals. Oh, good. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I really thought I was doing a great job there sometimes, but anyway. Oh, so, look. Because it's sheer numbers in suburbia yeah. that, you know, we can all get a little bit overwhelmed. But, but it's sort of counterintuitive. You hear oh, all the time we're driving the animals away, so you try to bring them back. Yeah, exactly. But by feeding them the wrong things, yeah. you can actually and harm them. So yeah, I think that's, that's a good takeaway from today. Yeah, we ask you not to give a, a captured animal food or water because it might do more harm than good. But it, for all of us... You know, if someone's sick or injured, what do we want to do? We want to feed it, we want to give it water, we want to make it more comfortable, all those things. But in the initial phase, it's better not to until you contact someone and 
get some direction. Okay. Well, again, Kay, thanks very much for talking to me today. I've My thoroughly pleasure. enjoyed it. And congratulations again to your team, the WIRES team here in the Kaima Municipality, yeah, yeah. for the great work you do. So thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to Kiama Community Radio. The views, information or opinions expressed during this segment are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Kiama Community Radio.